1: My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. That's right, the wild season might be long done, but Judd's Hockey Show, well, Judd and Declan simply never rest because there's always reckless speculation to get to. There's always discussion as we near the draft early in the month of July, free agency after that, and of course right now we are through four games of the Stanley Cup Finals with the Avalanche. Uh, going into tonight's game, which is Friday night, leading the Lightning 3-1, uh, to one. they could close out the series, which will then officially bring on draft season for the National Hockey League. And Declan, what I have for you today is I have five questions. I have five questions that involve the Wild, that involve the league, that I think we can go through. And actually, I'm going to start with uh, what I sent you as the second question, because this will give you a better headline for reckless speculation. How does that sound? Um... The bad news is this. Okay. I'm about to go through a list of potential available forwards right now in the coming month, either via trade or free agency. Okay. And and I will go through this list and then ask you a question that is not going to be very palatable if you are a Bill Guerin, but I think it's going to be realistic. Okay. Forwards potentially available, just putting together a list this morning. Well, of course, it starts with the fact that the Wild probably needs to trade. Kevin Fiala, because of salary cap reasons. We knew that. David Pasternak of Boston, very possibly on the market. Alex DeBrinket of the Blackhawks, another good player Mm -hmm. on the market. Mark Scheifele, J.T. Miller, Brock Besser, Blake Wheeler. And then as far as free agents go, Johnny Goudreau, Nazem Kadri, Philip Forsberg, Claude Giroux. So my question is this. What is the minimum that you would take? For Fiala, because I think what we discussed the last time around, a first round pick, heck, possibly the second pick from the Devils, is no longer realistic with that big of list of available talent out there and Fiala just being one of them.
0: I think the minimum I'd have to get back um, is still either, either. Uh a top 15 first-round pick from a team, because I'm guessing it's going to be a team that has, number one, the space to add him, um, and that's probably looking to buy and get a forward that can make an impact on them immediately, which is what Fiala can do for that team that he goes to. So I think definitely a first-round pick is the minimum I need back in return. But, um, you know, the Wild are in this cap problem, so even when we're, like, projecting a player that they can get back, it either has to be two things. It has to be either the first round draft pick that I talked about or a cheap player who maybe hasn't hit RFA status yet, or still hasn't really hit his ceiling yet. And that player is not expensive. So then therefore the wow can basically test drive that player, see if they want to ink him long-term. It's very complicated, right? It's Fiala Fiala is a dynamic player. And when he is on, he's a good player. He had 80 plus points. He almost had 90 points last season. We know when he, the type of player he is, but the conundrum they face, which is the conundrum I brought up to you the first time, is you're going to have to create a bidding war because I think a lot of teams know that you're probably going to part with him, which then from that other team standpoint means, well, I'm not going to give up a lot because you're probably just going to trade him regardless. And if you bring him back, he's probably going to be pissed off regardless that you were trying to shop him for the second time this summer. You didn't buy him to him long term. So then if I'm that receiving team, why why am I giving up the farm to get a player like that, right? Um and then the if if you wanted to, and I don't think the Wild are in the case to do this uh, if you wanted to swap salaries, so if you wanted to obtain a player who is making you know the five point one to six and a half million dollar range that Fiala is going to be seeking and making most likely long term if not more by the way with with that new team that gives them a new contract, well, the wild aren't really in a spot to do that because of their of their salary cap issues're they're not they're not in the market to be taking on a player who has a potential high cap hit situation so Right. long-winded way to answer your question it's a first-round pick or a player who had who was once a high prospect that maybe hasn't hit his ceiling yet that's where you're gonna have to get back for most likely for Kevin
1: Fiala I hate this conversation now because it's gone from uh from me th- thinking that you're right the, the teams of the wild are going to deal with knew full well that the wild was up against the cap and so it's not like you know It's not like the Wild, I don't think, can really threaten to say, well, we might not trade him. And I think they feel obligated to try and trade him, I think. That being said, I just ran through a list of really good forwards. And and in some cases, centers, who, by the way, obviously and rightfully so, probably carry the most positional value, um, that puts the Wild in a huge pickle. And so here's my only thought. I wonder if at the end of the day, to maximize Fiala's worth, you're going to have to expand the trade itself. You're going to have to put more into the trade to get more back. Um, Because when I'm going through this list, there's a lot of attractive names here. There's a lot of good players, good wings, centers. So this becomes a lot... To me, it becomes a lot more murky and difficult than I think we expected it was going to be. Um, And the thought of getting back... And I think the last episode we did, we talked about this. You know, I said, I would want a top 10 pick back. I don't know if you could do that without expanding this trade more now. And, you know, including either players, prospects, draft picks. I don't know what. Uh, But the notion that you were just going to trade Kevin and it was going to be a clean break and you were going to get a really good return, the more I examine, you know, I mean, here's the problem. If Chicago is truly going to shop to Brinkett, who's a very nice player that decreases Fiala immediately because now a team can call both teams. Like, the place of power would be to say, do you want this guy? You know, do you want Kevin Fiala? And if he was one of, let's say, three guys out there, the team would be like, absolutely, what can we do, right? But if I can say, hey, Bill Guerin, you know what? I'm going to hang up with you and call the Blackhawks about it. Yep. And I'm going to work that deal. Well, at some point in time, if you're Garen, you've got to say, okay, come back to me and let's talk about. What... So I hate this now, but I got a bad feeling this got really, really tough. And, and it's unfortunate because I don't know that the Wild is in the ultimate position to say, you know what, you teams, screw you all, we're keeping him. <laughs> yeah, That's it... the problem with this cap thing.
0: This is, this is what I was warning you about when we first started having this conversation about six weeks ago and the Wild Got Bounce was that th- this is a lot more complicated than just trading them and, and getting an equal return. Um, that bidding war that we're talking about, and you, and that's what you prefaced too, saying, hey, they're going to have to create a bidding war because I was just like, I don't know how you're going to be able to just do this. I think we're kind of we're, we're underestimating how difficult this is going to be. And then you look at a guy like Debrinkit who basically, I mean, a lot like Kevin Fiala. Uh, a dynamic player who scores a lot of goals and points. Uh, well, smaller, but you know it's, it's 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 in a similar spot. Chicago does not know if they want to buy into him long term either. It's right. It's really there's a lot of parallels between the two.
1: Well, and how about Pasta? If Pasta's out there, that completely screws yeah. you because Pasta's better than Fiala.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so like like the, the thing the thing that it didn't concern me as much six weeks ago is that a few of these names hadn't emerged. Now they have, and it's a royal pain in the ass.
0: It's gonna be interesting, man. I, I mean, garrett has got his got his leg legwork cut out for him. Man. It's gonna be fun. Yep. I, you know, I, I know we're gonna get in here too about more of the Stanley Cup things, what the Wild can learn. But, um, but I, I'm excited for this off season. I'm excited.
1: Oh, absolutely. All right. Question two: Exactly that. How do you feel about the Wild as you consume Lightning abs in the Stanley Cup Finals? Just,
0: um, I guess, two things. Uh, Let's look at the lightning side. Light, the lightning. Um, this isn't the perfect example, so so bear with me here. And I know a lot of hockey fans. Not a lot of them cross over to basketball, but just just enlighten me for a bit. Lightning are a lot like the Warriors, like right? Like I mean, they they're dynasty. Um, they have had the same core basically running them up and down. You know, they had they faced that adversity four years ago when they won the President's Trophy and got bounced in five years, and John Cooper had to tweak things, make them look a little bit different. Um, and the Lightning bounce back from that, and you know their backs are against the wall here, are in the Stanley Cup for the fourth year in a row or the third year in a row, right? So this is this is great. The Lightning are a dynasty. It's been fun to watch them watch them work. Bezilevsky's a stud. Um, they're just loaded up and down. Um, and their coaching and their front office management is bar none. I mean, it is so damn good. John Cooper, I still think even if they lost the Stanley Cup. And as much as we love to get on coaching carousels, I don't think there should be any position to be losing his job soon with Tampa Bay, but knowing hockey that I'm sure if the lightning get off to a rough start next season or something stupid that he'll, he'll indeed could be fired, but just it's a dynasty. That's a dynasty. That's what every team wants to be. What Tampa Bay has accomplished here, going to three state Stanley cups. That's what every team wants from the Colorado side. Uh, What I'm seeing is, number one, how important it is to draft and keep and hit on all your players, right? I mean, I I know a lot of Minnesota sports fans, not just in the hockey world, but in the baseball realm, love to talk about their prospects, and basically every single player that's an impact player for Colorado was homegrown for the most part. Um, They've even gotten by with guys like Darcy Kemper, who who was acquired by them this last offseason and still has question marks, but here they are on the doorstep of winning a Stanley Cup final um with a guy that you have had major questions about um a, a, as terms of a goaltender they're still able to get by because they have just such great talent up and down the ice and how it relates back to the wild um it, it's tough right I, I I think you're more likely to go down the path where you're Colorado right and you and you develop your players and they become studs and you know your coaching in front of office is fine but it certainly is not at the level of Tampa Bay it's like I, I'll give me John Cooper uh, give me John Cooper and Tampa Bay's front office staff over Colorado's any day. But right now, Colorado has built this amazing player development system that as much as Wild fans don't like Landeskog, I mean, they've they've still been able to find great players. Obviously, McCarr was a steal as a college free agent, you know. So I think the path, if you're the Wild, it's more of the Colorado side. I think it's more becoming Colorado than it is becoming Tampa Bay because, look, becoming a dynasty and going to three straight Stanley Cups – you know, has only been accomplished by just like what Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Tampa Bay essentially over the last 15 years. Um, but I think if you're asking me what the Wild can learn, I think they should be studying more notes from the Colorado side, and then maybe one day they become Tampa Bay. But I think it's more likely that they take notes from what Colorado has done.
1: McCarr was actually the fourth pick in the 2017 draft.
0: That's right. He was not a college. Well, he left yeah. college, came a stud, and
1: yeah, that's yeah, what it was. But, but he, he was he was so, but he was homegrown. And, and yeah, and look, um, what the abs have done as well, to your point, about developing players is absolutely true. And then Joe Sackick, their GM, has done a marvelous job of supplementing in what he, he made a trade with the Islanders for uh, Taze, the defenseman, who I believe plays with Makar, who is, Tays is very good. Um, and so they've certainly made some nice moves. The Kadri move, because he's been great. great. He's probably He's almost certainly going to leave and get paid elsewhere, but that move with Toronto paid off. Uh, so, both teams, going back to the time that Steve Eiserman was in Tampa Bay, uh, both teams have done a great job with two former players who became GMs who did a fantastic work. Where I think I've learned the most to trying to sort of size up where the wild is at when I watch the finals is very simple. Colorado, first of all, is just speed and skill, which just off the charts, absolutely off the charts. Colorado's doing something that I think is almost impossible now. The reality is this. They're not almost in any way, shape, or form other than occasionally relying on their goaltender through the finals to win games. Yeah, That is really rare. It's rare. Like, I mean, that is, I, I would never advise, hey, go get a slappy goaltender and just be so good that you don't ha- have to concern yourself if the dude sieves out. And, I mean, Kemper is still, at times, very much giving up Darcy Kemper goals. And you're mm-hmm. like, there's a Darcy Kemper goal, but they're so damn talented. Um, And the Wild, as far as talent goes, can't touch them. Like, that's the thing that's becoming crystal clear. When you watch Colorado play its best, what, game two, I I think, of the finals against the Lightning, like, that is just such talent. So do I see the Wild being close to that? Absolutely not. They just don't have it. That doesn't mean that they can't beat teams, but it does mean that if you're, like, going after that blueprint, it's so far off. And, I mean, you've got – look at your centers there. I mean, it's phenomenal right now. I think Tampa Bay is the more – is the – Team that you can copy more now. Interesting. What they perfected is difficult. One is they've got the goaltender. Vasilevsky is all world. That guy is he's so good. He's the, he's the anti Darcy. Like he's the guy who you're like, hey hey, can you win us a couple of games, dude's Like yeah, yes, no, problem. no problem. Sure, I got it. And the thing that they've also done is, as you talked about, post that Columbus upset loss in the first round about four years back. They have built a veteran team that gets it with some star players. No question of some star players. But you know what? The Wild's got got, uh, Kaprizov, who is a star player, and they certainly have the potential to have more really good players coming down the pike. I think the one thing that I've seen that the Wild sorely lacks that the Lightning has, and we discussed this a little bit on the last JHS, is they still lack the amount of guys who are as mentally tough as what Tampa Bay has. Like, Tampa Bay's got this list of guys down to the fourth-line guys. I mean, Maroon's incredible. Corey Perry, you might hate him, but guess what he does? Oh. He goes to Stanley Cup Finals. He does. But, I mean, he but, but he knows how to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got that down. He lost. Uh, he, he was on, on the Stars a couple of years back in the bubble when the Stars lost to the Lightning. He was on Montreal last year when Montreal lost to the Lightning, and now he is on the Lightning, and they very well might lose to the (laughs) Avs. But I do think that if the Wild continues on the path that they're on, Declan, I do think what Tampa Bay has done, I'm not, in no way am I saying multiple cups, but I think roster construction-wise, you've got a a better chance. The one thing Colorado did, too, and the Wild, and this, this gets into the discussion of what happens when you strip it down, uh, the year that Patrick Wall walked away, I think it was right before the season, and Jared Bednar took the job. That team had like 48 points. That was awful. They sucked, yep. but you know what they did? Got great draft picks. Mm-hmm. Landis God comes on board. McCar, McKinnon. I mean, look at those picks. That's the that is the endorsement to be like, okay, we're going to suck, but we're going to make good draft picks. So, do I think that the Wilds going to put themselves in that spot? No. Do I think that the Wild and Bill Garrett can identify the the types of things that have gone into building the Lightning? Yes, I do.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, right? I mean, the perfection of that model is tougher, and the buy-in from that is tougher, but the Colorado side, the argument is, well, they have a less than stellar goaltender, at least obviously on paper, and they have still been able to overcome it with insanely high-flying offense and just... This is un- a little bit unquantifiable, but when you watch them, I mean, the speed that Colorado plays in, right? And it's where the NHL has definitely been trending, but they kind of seem like the, the, the bar of it, the, the ceiling of it is what Colorado has leaned into their offense, this new high-flying NHL. They, When you think high-flying, I think Colorado. I think going up and down the ice. And I also applaud, applaud them, by the way. Uh, off the ice when they play all the sm- uh, all the small things by blink One Eighty Two, I feel like I have That's spoken this into existence. Well, I'm taking, I'm patting myself on the back in January. I came on Mackie and Judd and I said, we have to get rid of sweet Caroline. And now all yep. of a the sudden these arenas, Greg Wyshynski, friend of the show, just wrote a whole piece about it on ESPN today. That there is a new sweet Caroline boom with millennials.
1: You are welcome. Yeah. Hockey world. I am You're going to take credit that. for this. I agree with you there. And it, and- all I have said, because the uh, that song and how the fans in in Colorado, who I'm sure are completely stoned, which is <laughs> awesome, yeah. how they sing it is great. All I told you was, because I think we, we were t- talking about goal songs, and that's where I said Chelsea Dagger is the great goal song. Mm-hmm. But but you're right. Like these sing-alongs, I think they're fantastic. They're great for the game. They're great fun. They're fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I love that stuff. Like, that's fan engagement, right? Yes. And now now those are not goal songs, but as far as, like, between face-offs? It's great. Uh, commercial breaks? It's great. It's freaking awesome. What What's the one that I sent you from the X? It wasn't Blink-182. It was another song. Uh, well, I, I said... You like... It's well, the one... Mr. Brightside. Applauded. Yeah, Killers. Yeah, Mr. Brightside. That's, that's the one. That's great, too. One. Yes. That's great, too. Yeah, get some pump. That's fantastic. Get some pump. Now, they're not goal songs, but as far as stoppage of play songs, Yes. Thousand percent. All right. Next question for you. Back to the Wild in particular as well. Better chance. Opening night, two thousand twenty-two, twenty-three. marc Andre Fleury is on the Wild roster, or Cam Talbot is on the Wild roster.
0: Well, it's it's easy just to say to Cam, right? Because he's under contract and it, it's it's, the qu- it's by that's default. Question I asked. I think it's 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 a better chance that Cam is because he's just, again physically under the contract. Um, but Mark Andrea definitely is mulling his options here, right? Um, Elliot Freeman went on Pat McAfee earlier this week, uh, talked about it a little bit more. I love that Pat is embracing hockey more. By the way, just off the, off the record, because they have a hockey podcast with Rupper and um, and two other guys, a part of the McAfee network of podcasts. So nice. so and because the cups going on, you know, there's not a lot going on in sports right now. Uh, McAfee is for, and, and by the way, like Pat knows he knows nothing about hockey, and that's kind of the fun part of of watching him talk about it because he's just an entertainer. Um, but Absolutely. but Friedman was on there, and and he has heard that Flurry is mulling going back to Pittsburgh, which is something that as isn't necessarily breaking news by Elliot Friedman, but he he that's why he turned down going to Washington, um, that's why he went to Chicago, and was even mulling not coming to Minnesota. It's you know probably fair to say to be honest it's either minnesota or pittsburgh for flurry at, at this point in his career he he wants to retire in pittsburgh most likely too. um so i would say it's probably more likely that cam is here but i, I would entertain this tandem again going into next season i would
1: i'm going talbot is gone flurry is the goalie hmm. uh I, I just saw a report i believe from russo of the athletic that the plan is that bill Garen's is probably going to meet with Mark andre and his camp in Montreal where, uh, where the flower lives Left during hand. the draft, which is being held there. And I still keep coming back to, I wonder how the whole thing, you know, Cam is, for lack of a better term, he's sort of a, a bounce around, vagabond, yes. veteran goaltender. He like goes somewhere for two years and then he moves on for two years. And look, he does a nice job. He's done a nice job here. So this is no like slight against him. But there's, I always come back to this. I don't think that there's dismissing things like D'Angelo Russell being benched at the end of Game Six. Like I don't think you can be. Like I've seen all oh, that. That happens all the. Eh, it really happen all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, Cam Talbot was going to be the top goaltender here, and he he was. And then they went out and got, uh, Fl- Flurry, which we all applauded. Which was work, you know, worked out good, but after that, Camp Talbot's play took off, and when he didn't play until Game Six, I don't think you can just like dismiss that as ah, yeah, that's fine. He's going to recover. He's a pro. Pros take things hard. So I actually am going to say I think that. If Bill Guerin has his way, better chance Marc Andre Fleury is on the roster on opening night. Interesting. Than Interesting. That's just okay. that is reckless speculation with no foundation whatsoever. Okay. I've not talked to anybody. I have mm. not texted it. I just the more thought I get I give this, I don't think we can just dismiss playoff slights as well, it's no big deal. Nah,
0: no not all at all. All
1: right. Question number five. Give me one Declan Goff <laughs> bold wild off season prediction. So give, give me a bold something that, you know, we possibly have talked about but haven't thought about of late. What's one bold Declan Goff prediction for the Wild offseason?
0: Yeah, this, one, uh, this one's going to be interesting because the Wild are up against the cap, right? And we, we know that they're still looking for a goaltender and whatnot. Um, I think they're going to acquire a top six center. Um, I think that's what Ooh. they're going to roll with here. And to be honest, I know this guy just went there. But they should have cashed in on this guy uh when he was on the market, I believe it was either last year or two years ago. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make another run at Sam Bennett from Florida here. I wonder if can Florida's they afford him? Yeah, they can afford him. He's only making uh a? he's he's making four point four A V for the next two seasons. Next okay. three seasons, excuse me. So okay. very affordable. Um this was a guy I thought the Wild should have went after last uh the last time he was on the trade market, right? And they and they didn't. Um, Florida obviously was this awesome, prolific offense, but they had another gut check with Tampa, right? They got swept and they fired Bruno and they, who, what, what was the slappy they've hired? They didn't fire him.
1: They told well, him you, you, you can you go come back if you want. Yeah. Uh, Paul Maurice, Paul Maurice, who, who is so, who once coached the Hartford Whalers. Yeah. That's going to be my next. Question. So
0: I think there's going to be tweaks to that Florida team. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if Sam Bennett, someone, now I, I I don't know what the cost would be. And I've heard, you know, maybe it's a Fiala for Bennett swap. Hell, I would take that in a heartbeat. But just look, this, again, just like you just said in your last question, no sources here, just completely reckless speculation. Look for the Wild to maybe make another run at Sam Bennett. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: And you know what? A little bit I think we're going to find out. And it wasn't as bad a flame out but if i'm not mistaken the panthers won the president's trophy so certainly the end of their season was disappointing i wonder if they're to your point if the panthers are going to say to a certain degree the same thing that the lightning did after they got bounced by the blue jackets which is you know heck of a roster for the regular season but so i like that that's good i didn't see that coming
0: they have, and, and to be honest, not to make this a Florida Panthers hockey show podcast, but, like, they got significant questions. What are they going to do with Bob? What are they going to do with Spencer Knight? Like, it, it is not, all of a sudden, that, that fun season they had, it is not sunshine and rainbows right now if you're, if you're a Cats yeah. fan.
1: Why do you have Paul Maurice? Yeah. All right. Terrible. All right, here's mine. Again, you're right. Reckless speculation. So if you hate this, this is not like this I is, think that they're going to do this.
0: Why are you making things up?
1: Yep, this is just purely reckless,
0: reckless speculation.
1: I'm going to go back to uh, the Fiala question and double down. I think they're going to need to include Dumba in a Fiala trade. Whoa! I think they're going to need to as include... One? As one? As one, but they're going to get way more back because of it. I'm wow. telling you, I think I think taking Fiala tomorrow... Dex, I've got it right here, man. Look at this list. This is all the available <laughs> forwards, and it's the smallest I wrote down this morning. This list, I mean, dude, we're going. You're going to a garage sale, and there's a lot of good stuff there. Okay, and you're like, "Well, the Fiala's nice, but oh my god, you're selling a Pasternak. <laughs> I mean, nice. a Debrinka. You're selling all these too? I I think that I think the worst thing that you could do, and Bill Guerin is, I think, a pretty damn good negotiator. I think the worst thing that you could possibly do is get frustrated and be like, "I guess we're not going to get much back," right? Like, you don't want that. Um, As much as they like Dumba, as much as they like him in the locker room, all of those things, I think priority one has to be on getting as much in return for a Fiala package as you possibly can. Uh, You now dump more cap. To your point, let's say that you get a a center that you like back who is like Bennett, who is very reasonably priced for long term. Like a Fiala trade would be, okay, we're going to trade him to you. You're going to have to basically go to him right now and say, can we sign you to a long-term contract? It's going to be incredibly expensive. If you're Florida, you're not going to give the Wild back a potential top-six center reasonably priced for that, right? So you're going to say, you got to chip in more here, gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, I think that they're wow. going to total reckless speculation. I think they might end up putting more into a Fiala package to maximize that return, and I would not be shocked Again, you got to read the Garen stuff closely. The whole really backing Dumba. I think they do like him. Like I think he is good in the room now. I think he does a lot. I mean, we know in the community he does a ton of good. Yeah. But that's also a very smart ploy to drive up and, and be, be like, "I said I'm not going to trade him. You heard me." And the team's like, "Oh, but no, we really want him." So anyway. Uh, last question for you, and this is a hockey. This is a why hockey question. Why can't the NHL identify, cultivate, and employ more new coaches? And I'm just going to run through a list for you quickly so, so okay. uh, the viewers and listeners are aware of how bad this is again. The Boston Bruins job is open. So is Detroit. So is the Jets job, although that's probably going to go to Barry Trotz, who's a very good coach, but nonetheless a coach who has coached Nashville, Washington, the Islanders. Chicago supposedly is going to hire um, a Montreal assistant by the name of Luke Richardson. I kind of like Who this. is a former player. I like that one. That one makes sense. Um, the, the Oilers have gone with Jay Woodcroft, who they promoted from their uh, American Hockey League affiliate in season. He took what was a very disappointing team, got them into the playoffs. I like that one too, okay? Islanders have hired Lane Lambert, who is a... Former longtime Trotz assistant, and there's a lot of folks who think that Trot's basically said, I'm quitting, give him the job. Uh, but here's the here's the fly in the ointment. All right.
0: Okay, I Dallas, you know.
1: Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Pete Deboer. <laughs> Pete DeBoer is just bouncing around. He coached the Golden Knights, he's coached the Devils. Exactly right. Florida, Paul Maurice, it's even worse. Coached the Wailers, Coached, I, I think he coached Carolina twice, coached the Maple Leafs, coached the Jets, quit on the Jets in season last season, and now gets the Florida job. Philadelphia, Torts. <laughs> Torts is a great quote, but, I mean, my God, how long is Torts going to just be employed, alienate players, talk about how he's learned his lesson, and then, you know, get more jobs. But- and finally... Vegas, Bruce Cassidy, who's a good coach, but just coached Boston and before that coached
0: Washington. By the way, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon at about 1.45 p.m. Central Time. And, and as we're recording this, a little Barry Trotz bomb from Darren Drager. Uh, Trotz has actually declined to get back into coaching and has informed the Jets he's out. Um, really? So, so, so Trotz is actually going to take some time personally, but does not rule out returning to coaching down the road. So, so right. Barry's going to take the year him. off, which...
1: Okay, so him. the Jets might not be able to go the recycle yeah. route. We'll find out. But why can't this league develop <laughs> more guys? And you know what? Bill Guerin there gets credit. He did.
0: You had questions Eno about that. He was behind
1: the bench as an assistant coach. I definitely had questions about how quickly it felt like he was given the full-time job. And look, you know what? Playoff-wise, I still got questions Absolutely. about his coaching. Absolutely. But that being said, at least it's fresh blood. What 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 is Pete DeBoer Paul Maurice? You know, if this was Scotty Bowman Dex, I'd be like, okay, it's Scotty Bowman. Yep. But I'm I'm talking about so like Cassidy, I get. I think Bruce Cassidy's a good coach, but Torts Maurice DeBoer. DeBoer's
0: really? the I think DeBoer's the uh, the poster child. Here. You know, Jalant, You know, and then another just guy that I know he had a good team last year, but. It just—I don't get it. You know, this Luke Richardson hired in Chicago. Like Chicago is doing everything it can to rue itself in the previous regimes, and rightfully so. So they—they they bring in Luke Richardson, who's a former assistant with the Canadians, the Islanders. I believe the Senators too. He coached in the AHL for a while. Um, that's good. Good. Yeah. You like you promoted a, a, a nice coach who hasn't been in the dance before that has basically no ties to the Chicago organization i don't understand why we can 't why they can't just uh fix this you know credit to the nFL the nFL was doing this for a long time, and now there's young coaches getting hired and will some of them fail? of course they'll fail but i don't i don't get why why Peter well, DeBoer torch? gets the benefit of it about
1: I mean torch has bounced around, and look, he took at uh, Tampa Bay and what to what was it two thousand and four uh, to a Stanley Cup, but for the most, you know, Tortorella. How many jobs? Tortorella. How many bites at the apple has uh, Tortorella I, gotten? I have no and, idea. I mean, and it's the same everywhere. He melts down eventually. Um, and his style, his style used to work in small doses. It really did. Mike Keenan's a prime example, and there were a lot of guys in the '80s, probably into the '90s, like that. But do you really think torts is going to work? And he might work for a year, but like, yeah, I just don't. I don't understand why this league isn't developing more Evisons, Woodcrofts. You know, trying to find, and you're right, okay, they might fail. But do you really think Pete DeBoer is going to take Dallas to a Stanley
0: Cup? No, I do not. I do not. You know,
1: Bruce Cassidy I get. And there's always going to be one or two guys. I mean, trots I would sort of get. But the rest, you know, but this bouncing around and, you know, what? Paul Maurice just quit on the Jets. He he said, ah, I don't feel the players are playing for me. But now we've got a job in Florida. So
0: It's all bizarre, man. It's all very very bizarre I digress
1: i I just I love this sport and it's a great sport and there's a lot of great things about the sport that is one thing that drives me crazy and also by the by way by the way by the way it's 2022 can we work on on a some type of minority coaching program too yeah yeah I mean I, like I, and I'm not saying it has to take effect tomorrow but I am saying seeing the same people get jobs and they're the same color all the time. Like this like there's a saying now, I've heard it. Hockey's for everyone. How how about a minority coaching program that starts to take effect? Yeah, I agree.
0: Uh Judd, speaking of take things that take effect, uh, why don't you tell everyone yeah. how Livy has taken effect on the new Oh, Judd I appreciate
1: that. That's exactly right. My friends, at Livia Weight Control Centers, what type of effect have they had on Judd Zolgan? Well, since I joined last summer, I am down forty pounds. Forty pounds gone. Uh, clothes that hadn't fit for a few years fit, jeans that hadn't fit. You know, I was was tired, I was slow, I was achy. Now I can get up and go to the gym and exercise and feel great. And have I got a deal for you because any time is a good time of year to lose weight. It's Livia's new Simple Start Plan, only $59. That's right, $59. And here's the best part. If you're in state, in town, there are centers that you can go to. But if you're not... Virtual meetings. Get the food. There's not a ton. It is the easiest way to lose weight possible. Eight five five go Livia. Livia L I V E A dot com. Check them out. Thank me later. But I'm going to tell you right now. If I can drop forty pounds, you can lose the weight to Livia dot com.
0: All right, man. Well, next week we're going to got anything uh, else for me? I, I don't. But I, I, uh, there are some nice trade rumors. But I want to. I want to put a pin in those uh, for next week's episode. What I love were it. some
1: reckless speculation?
0: Thirteen days, I believe, from the draft. So I mean, uh, Judd and I will be ready to rock if anything obviously happens in there. You know, we're not this is just you know, we just did an NBA draft breakdown yesterday, and outside of making fun of Walker Kessler sounding like a country music star, like well, Judd and I had the same opinion and on, on hockey prospects. So like if you're looking for hockey intensive prospect breakdowns, well, we're, we're, not, just,
1: we're just gonna be honest. We're not that we're, show for you. But we do need to be available, yes. th- that night for potential trades, yes, because because if let's just say this, ladies and gentlemen, if the first starts to fly on draft night with trades, yeah. these two handsome mugs, yeah. are going to be right. We'll here. be ready. We'll because be ready. Because that's for that. the thing is the Fiala trades going down here.
0: I will say. Um, I will say. I have a. Uh, I have my annual physical on that friday morning so if bill Guerin cannot make a trade between 8 and 9 a.m billy i know you're a friend of the show and you love judd's hockey show and mostly Judd Zolgad, but uh don't make a trade physical. between 8 and 9 a.m okay I, I gotta make sure my health is in order and then afterwards i don't care get get crazy get wild and i'll make sure that i'm healthy but just a little, little programming note a
1: little all right I'm glad, bill, I'm glad bill in the wild know that now declan close us out take right. us away pass shoot score he
0: knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test, unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks.